0: Welcome to the Elijah Fire Podcast, where we jump into issues of today with faith and freedom instead of fear. And now here's your host, Jeff Tharp.
1: What is up, everybody? Welcome to Elijah Fire, episode 287. Today is Friday. Fry yay, if you want to feel fancy. Friday. Fr- Who am I kidding? I want to feel fancy. Fry yay. August 18th, 2023. What are you guys up to this weekend? I'm excited. I'm excited about this weekend. I got my good friend Micah. He's coming from Virginia. Um, He's in the military. He's hanging out over here in the Salem area. Uh, We're going to hang out. We're going to nerd out. Uh, We're going to meet up with another friend, nerd out some more. I'm working on my project, my short film project, uh, this weekend as well. So very exciting. I'm very excited. So let us know what you guys are up to in the comments, what you guys are up to this weekend. Um, very excited. If you guys are listening on Spotify, make sure to follow the Elijah fire podcast. Uh, and that'll really help us out. And also if you're listening on the Spotify app or any other podcast app, uh, if you could rate the Elijah fire podcast, that'll really help us out as well. So, all right, we got, man, I'm very excited about today's episode. Illumination also want to meet you all to know you podcasters or people who are thinking about making the jump to listening pod via podcast. Um, We need to announce no episodes next week because Mariah is off. So bear with us. It's going to take us about a week to get, uh, you know, all the episodes from last week on. So uh, I'll need to make sure to be reminded (laughs) because I may forget. Um, So, yeah. Uh, guys, today we're talking about spiritual warfare. So bust out your swords. I had a full, full illustration. Bust out your swords. We're going to be learning how to wage good warfare um, and do it in a smart, wise way. And I can think of no other person who's better qualified for this than our guest today, who's had a lot of experience in this. Uh, she's a prophet she's a very gifted teacher she's also the director of rig latam uh she hails from colombia um and uh man guys it's going to be such a good show so let's give it up for my guest today julie lopez julie hello
2: Hello, hello. How are you? Nice to be here. Excited to be here. Welcome
1: back on Elijah Fire. You've been doing a lot. What have you been up to lately? You've been up to a lot.
2: Yes, we have been traveling, ministering, teaching online. We are also having an event coming out in November, planning for that. So There's a lot of things. We're breaking the ground here in Colombia too. So it's just a, a lot of projects. Uh, But yes, but we are excited to be able to do God's work. I know.
1: So this is your first event after having moved down to Colombia. This is like your first big event down there.
2: Yes. 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 It's going to be the first time that we are gathering on site. Uh, So it's going to be a conference of three days. And we just call it out, all leaders in Colombia and Latin America. Wow. We have my my spiritual father coming in to me, around me, and we know it's going to be an amazing time.
1: So exciting, Julie. So exciting. All right. So today we're going to be talking all about spiritual warfare. We're going to be talking about spiritual warfare principles. We're going to be talking about how to discern a spiritual attack strategies, all that good stuff. So I'm going to turn it over to you because you know how to teach this much better than I do. <laughs> Go for it.
2: So the topic today is is a spiritual warfare. And I feel like this is something that especially for this season that we are in, we need to be ready for the battle because something that I realized coming from the occultism is that darkness are ready, they are prepared, they are always ready, they are so disciplined, they know strategies, they know how to move in unity, and then in this side, Christians, is just all over the place. We don't even know how to engage in a spiritual warfare, we don't even know what is warfare, we don't even know, so we just co- became, become Christian, and we just set for the basics of Christianity. So I believe that for the season that we are entering in as occupying, if you yeah. are going to occupy a territory, if you're going to invade, you have to be able to know how to move in warfare and how you actually engage into a spiritual warfare. And then for people that ask, okay, so what is actually a spiritual wa- warfare? So a spiritual warfare is the act of fighting against the forces of darkness. So I believe with all my heart that we just haven't been called to just be sitting in a church Just clapping hands every Sunday. We have been called for more than that. We have been called (laughs) to invade. You know, one of the things that the Lord told me for Colombia is that you are going to invade Colombia. It's time for invasion. Wow! So what happens with invasion is that is you basically taking a land by force. Mm -hmm. That land is not yours, but you are going to that place and you are taking that land by force. But for you to be able to do that, you have to know what, how do you do that? What are the principles even in your house? Like some of you, you don't take your house because you don't know, you don't know how to. All you do is have that victim mentality, that spirit of, 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 of victimism. and you just going around not even knowing, crying in the corners of your house, not even knowing that you have the authority in Jesus Christ to occupy and take over your house? It doesn't matter if, we, if you live with your aunt. It's a witch. It doesn't matter if you live with your unconverted husband. It doesn't matter because of what you carry inside of you, because you carry kingdom and Jesus, you have the authority to change the atmosphere around you. So mm-hmm. what are actually the principles of a spiritual warfare? And I believe this is what we need to know as Christians and kind of like the basics of warfare. Why is this? So what are kind of like the principles that we need to know in order to engage with warfare why is this I want to say this because I see a lot of people actually engaging with warfare and I see people receiving counter attacks and they think that the lord haven't called them for warfare so what they do is that when they receive an attack from the enemy they back up and they yeah. say this is not for me
1: yeah I've done I'm that not. yeah
2: I'm not going there because the Lord is not calling me in this area. But the mm-hmm. issue is that it's not that you haven't been called to that. It's maybe that you don't know how to enter into that. Mm. And because of that, you are receiving counterattack. So I see that this is what the enemy is trying to do in this season is actually to scare people into don't go into that. Don't fight against this. Don't go into this area because that's not your area. No, I believe with all my heart that the Lord has given us authority over everything if it's in his will and the territory that he has given us because for warfare, there is a lot of stuff that we have to have into consideration. And one of them is territory. Is that your level of territory, of authority that the Lord has given you? Is that the right time for you into that warfare? Is it for this time? Because there is a time and a season for absolutely everything. So, Mm -hmm. okay, let's go quick. What are the principles? One of them, and for me, and I always say this, and this is for me one of the most important ones, it has to be intimacy with the Holy Spirit. Mm. It has to be intimacy with the Holy Spirit. And I know that this is basic, and it all, uh, we know this. We know that it has to be fro- for the prophetic, for deliverance, for a spiritual warfare. It has to be a spiritual uh, intimacy with the Holy Spirit. Why? Because our spiritual power comes from our relationship with Jesus. And this is probably the most important principle that you will ever learn and that you will apply in your spiritual battles. And You know, if you don't understand that all the power that you have and every authority that you take, it has to arise from the relationship with Jesus, what happens is that if you don't understand this, you are going to realize that you are going to find yourself losing those battles over and over again, and you are going to enter into that type of frustration because you feel like you lose every battle, so you just think, why am I going to enter into this battle? Why am I even praying for this if I don't see any changes and all I receive it is counterattacks? Why is this happening? So, our connection with Jesus has to be cultivated. That has to be cultivated and about everything else. And you know what? Something that I also realize is that if we go to Acts 19, the seven sons of Esquiva, we, we see that they learned this the hard way. You know, they didn't have that intimacy with Jesus. They were casting out demons. This is why for me, even like sending everyone to cast out demons, I'm like, hey, hey, hey. This is serious because you are stepping into warfare. You yeah. know, we uh-huh. are sending people even casting out demons without even knowing if they have intimacy with Jesus, without even knowing if they're accountable to someone, without knowing these principles. It can be dangerous because the sons of Eskiva, they were casting out demons. I was just you know? going to
1: ask you about that. Literally just going to yeah. ask you about that. Yeah, this is great.
2: Holy Spirit. and yeah. You know, they were casting out demons by the name of Jesus, whom, mm. will, whom Paul preaches. And you yeah. know, they were actually relying on Paul's reputation instead of knowing Jesus. Mm-hmm. So it's, just, it's like if I'm training people now to cast out demons, and that, just because I'm telling them, go out and cast out demons, they are going out and cast out demons, not because they have the revelation or because they have the intimacy with Jesus, but just because I'm telling them so it's basically like 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 the same thing that happened with the seven son of esquiva by the name of of jesus whom paul preaches so they didn't have the revelation and the intimacy with jesus these demons were too powerful for them and Mm -hmm. what happened is that they end up running away naked bleeding and devastated (laughs) and you know please don't do anything without the power of Jesus that comes from your relationship with him the demons aren't afraid of you let me tell you something they're not afraid of you they're not afraid of me they're afraid of jesus Mm -hmm. so if you have that intimacy with jesus they no longer see you now they see jesus so that's for me that is the first Mm. principle for deliverance is understanding that everything has to come from a place of intimacy and Mm. relationship with the Holy Spirit. The second thing that I see for a spiritual warfare is to have a deliverance mentality. I always say that. Say that one more
1: time.
2: I have a deliverance mentality. Mm. Deliverance. So, you know, I say deliverance is daily. I'm not saying with this that you have to cast out demons out of you every single day, but you need to have a heart of repentance and humility. Apostle Paul said, I die daily. Mm -hmm. So Mm -hmm. daily we have Mm -hmm. to die and we have to have the heart of repentance and humility. We have to be open, you know, for change, open for correction. And I say this, you cannot be a spiritual son or daughter and not a set correction. And what I see with people is that sometimes we are prepared to be affirmed rather than be corrected because some of you, you actually cannot handle criticism because you decide more praise than improvement. Yeah. So this is why like, <laughs> we need to come from that place of, yeah. okay, daily deliverance, having mm-hmm. that mentality, you know, be teachable, cor- uh, 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 making sure that your spiritual father and mother, you are there and if they correct you, you accept that, like. Mm -hmm. We need to be like that. The other point is uh, we do not wrestle against flesh and blood.
0: Hmm. And this
2: is something that we need to understand for the spiritual warfare, Ephesians 6.12. We do not wrestle against flesh and blood, but against evil spiritual powers. And this is something that one of the principles that we need to understand, that we are not wrestling with people you and Nola, I see people when they say like, this person is Jezebel, they are going against the person instead of against of the principality that's moving behind. Yeah. So we yeah. need to learn to love the person, but come against the spirit that mo- that's moving Man. behind that, that person. So instead of like pointing out, this is the Jezebel, this is a witch, we don't do that. We go against the spirit that is behind, not against the person. So that is another spiritual principle that we need to realize is that we are not fighting against people. We are fighting against spiritual powers. When you are being attacked, it's actually a proof that you are a believer. So the more you make an impact for God, the more the enemy is going to fight you. Okay? So it's not like when you are the moment that you became Christian, you entered straight away into a spiritual warfare. So I say to people, you cannot just pretend to live a life out of warfare because the moment that you accepted Jesus, hell has something against you. Mm. So it's not it's not like you are fighting to remove warfare out of your life. No, it's that you're just learning how to live and how to kind of like stop what's moving around you. And, you know, and as you upgrow and as you are growing, it's just going to get more intense. And it's just like the warfare that I went through like seven years ago, at that point for me were super strong. But now because I have growth spiritually and I'm maturing, the level of warfare now is different. But I know that in 10 years time, this is going to be nothing. So as we are growing on our walk with God, those warfares are going to increase Mm, according to the level that we are growing another important point and this is for me probably the second most important one the first one is communion with the holy spirit this one for me is the second one and is be submitted Mm. you know be submitted why because accountability is key to successful ministry this is why you have to be rooted in one place You know, if you realize for plants to be able to grow, they need to be planted. They need to Mm -hmm. be fed. They need to have the right nutrients, the water, the light. If not, what happened? They died. So actually, what is the key actually to have authority? Submission. Submission is the key to great Mm -hmm. authority. Matthew 8, 9, for I myself, I am a man under authority. So let me tell you something. The deeper you go into accountability, the deeper you go in authority. You know, when you become accountable to spiritual fathers, to spiritual mothers, this will increase your authority. This is why, you know, I also decided to continue with Rick Latam. I have the option, okay, Julie, you can do Julie Lopez ministry so you can continue and go with Rick Latam. One of the reasons why I decided to continue with Rick Lactam is because I understood that I have to submit, I have to submit and honor because the secret to lasting success is not platforms, it's not an audience, it's not your gift. Actually, the key to lasting success is learning submission and honor. Hmm. So I understood if I just stay you know i'm going to be submitting and i'm going to be honoring my spiritual father and also god for this mission that he that, that he is sending me over so it's important for each one of us to be submitted to be rooted to be planted for those that also can give us wise counsel and i always say say, say this you cannot go into warfare by yourself you cannot mm. do that you need to be under the right authority. And you need to be positioned in the right place in order for you to enter into warfare. And if you are not under the spiritual authority of those that are wiser in the ways of God, you actually need to start asking the Lord to bring you to that place before moving into warfare. Okay, because each one of us, we need a spiritual cover. And there is a lot of people, I have found a lot of people that said, I don't need a spiritual cover i don't need a leader i don't need a spiritual father and you know if you don't think that you can be deceived let me tell you something you are already deceived mm. you already are so you need to make sure that you have people around you with the same vision that God placed upon you you need to find yourself a tribe okay if you yeah. are alone you are going to be an easy target for the enemy an easy target why I always say this, why you are going to be an easy target for the enemy if you're walking alone? Because when the enemy is going to attack you, he is going to see who is going to come in your defense if he attacks you. So if you are walking alone and you don't have no one to cover you and the enemy attacks you, you don't have anyone to come and pray for you and intercede. You don't have anyone you are by yourself. Mm. But if you are under authority, you have a cover when the enemy attacks you, the enemy knows that you have someone backing you up at the, at the back. So this is why it's so important for each one of us that we are rooted and planted in one place, that we mm. are not walking alone, that we learn to honor, to serve, and to respect authorities that the Lord has placed into our lives. And you know, I said this, don't be a headless chicken. Yeah. Don't be. Oh. You know, like here in Colombia, when I was young, one of the ways how they how they kill chickens is they cut their heads mm-hmm. when you cut a chicken's head the chicken stick walk around running mm-hmm. without the head so i see a lot of christians actually being a headless chicken wow they don't have a cover and they're just walking around running around trying to see and all they are doing is just it's just hurting themselves and banging everywhere because they cannot see because they don't have a head you need to be under authority and the other one that I in here, and I have one more, this one is discipline and self-control. Mm. You know, the Bible says in Proverbs 16, 32, he who is slow to anger is better than a mighty warrior. And he who can rule his spirit than he that can take a city. In other words, if you have no rulership of your spirit, no rulership of your emotions, of your anger, the joy, the irritation, the, the, the fear, Those things will rule you. So Mm. how, if you want to enter into spiritual warfare, if you want to occupy, if you want to take a territory, let me give you one advice right now. One of the keys
0: is that you learn to rule your spirit. Thanks for listening. The Elijah Fire podcast is made possible by donations like yours. To become a partner, visit ElijahFire.com slash
1: give. So good.
0: Why? Because the Bible says that it makes you better than
2: somebody trying to conquer a city or a territory. So if you can conquer you, you can conquer the USA. You can conquer Colombia. You can conquer Africa, the UK. You can. Because the scripture says that, take you, that if you take yourself, you can conquer any city. So for me, this is key also for a spiritual warfare. Actually, and for taking off territories is self-control and discipline. And the last one for me, and this is what I want everyone to know now, is that the battle is won. The battle mm-hmm. is won. We battle it's from good. a place of victory. We are not mm-hmm. battling for victory. Let me tell you something. When we are casting out demons, we know that it is already done. Jesus did it on the cross, right? When you are entering into warfare, you know that Jesus said it is finished. Is It's only that you are reinforcing that victory that he already won on the cross. And Jesus said, you know, I won the victory. So he has already taken all the ground and we stand on his victory. We stand on this accomplishment, so when you're entering into a spiritual warfare, have the mentality that you are fighting from a place of victory already. You're not fighting for the victory. The victory has been already given through Jesus Christ. Yeah. So those are kind of like the principles that I see that for me are really important mm. at the time of a spiritual warfare, Man. you know, be submitted relationship with the Holy spirit, daily deliverance, be accountable, be teachable, have self-discipline, self-control, uh, yeah. And those are yeah, the things. That's,
1: I think that's great. Uh, and I think, too, people look at, you know, like you said, with point one of intimacy with the Holy Spirit, you're like, it sounds simple, but it's funny how, like, especially as we like grow in adulthood, we think, like, we need a super complex answer to something, you know, but a lot of what I've been going through the past couple of years, the Lord is really cemented this whole thing that everything stems from that intimacy like everything whatever you're doing i don't care if you're a carpenter or you're a cook or you're a like everything that we do and especially as an artist i'm an artist um everything comes from that create that from that intimacy anything creative i do he's the author of that creative expression so Um, this man, absolutely. I'm so on board. So Jillian actually had a great question and it was about in regards to you're talking about the seven sons of Sceva and, and all of that, and them seeing that they were using Paul's reputation, but she said, how do demons see that we have intimacy with the Lord? Um, and she said, is Julie willing to be able to explain what we look like to the enemy when they see someone close to Jesus?
2: You know, when, I believe that when we have that intimacy with Jesus, right? When we have that intimacy with Jesus, I feel like he's no longer us, it's Jesus through us. Mm -hmm. It's no longer like your face, it's no longer your smell, now it's Jesus. But you know, the people that are living in the flesh, Spiritually, you have a certain smell in the spirit. So, eventually, for I believe, for in the spiritual realm, for demons, if they are coming close and they see that you are living in the flesh, you are not dead, you are having that fleshy smell, mm-hmm. they are going to smell that. So, yeah. eventually, if you smell like that, clearly you are not having the intimacy with Jesus. Mm-hmm. But I believe that when you are close to Jesus, you stop looking like yourself and you start looking more like Jesus. Yeah. So it's like light coming out of you. I remember too, like, when we were in the occultism, you know, when we astral project, we used to see the shape of a house. If it, if it was in darkness, how the house was. And one of the witches, how they described my house, she said, like, your house, everything around was in darkness. It was dark. There was this heavy cloth and there was this atmosphere around your house. I believe in the spiritual realm is the same. Mm -hmm. I have, I had another experience when I became Christian. I have shared this a few times when I became Christian, you know, I was asking God, like God, what happened if these witches actually are trying to find us? What happened if they find us? And in a dream, the Lord allowed me to see these witches actually trying to find us in the spiritual realm because you can't do that. They were doing witchcraft in a bed. They couldn't see me. But you know what? When I come out of the room, I was covered by this light. And when I wake up, the Holy Spirit told me, they can no longer see you because you are covered with my protection. So I had this shiny light all around me. So that's what demons see. Demons no longer see you that you are going to be so deep into God's heart that it's no longer you. They no longer Mm. see you because you're hiding in Jesus. Now they see Jesus, they no longer see you.
1: That's cool. I like that. That's really cool. So I actually had a question because you said you can't go to warfare by yourself. And I wanted you to expand on that. Maybe you're going to expand on that later in one of these other points. Um, But I was just curious because obviously there are times where like there's something that there's maybe, I don't know how to describe it something small that you're like, Oh now we're just going to nip this in the bud right now. Uh, like, what do you mean by going to warfare by yourself? Obviously I'm very firm in that it's important that we are, we are in community that we aren't trying to be a lone wolf and go off and do things by ourselves, but within your own household, dealing with matters within your own household, where's mm. the line there? Because yeah. I I'm just curious,
2: yeah, so I believe also there are different type of warfares. Okay. Right. Yeah. So I, when eventually when you are in your house, like I have, I have done warfare for my husband just by myself. Right. <laughs> what I mean, but don't go to warfare by yourself. It comes from the place of accountability oh, because yeah. there are going, there are going to be times where eventually you are going to have to do things that the Lord is telling you specifically to do. For me, everything has to be guided by the Holy Spirit. Mm. But I also mean by this when, for example, there is uh, the Lord is telling someone to go at, and take over a city yeah. and go and do these, these a prophetic acts in the city. Man, the things are in the city are crazy.
1: Yeah, I bet. You know,
2: <laughs> so it's, it's actually like, do you have a team? Do you have intercessors? Have, have yeah. you been fasting? And this is when we go. So that's what I mean by, okay, do you have a team? Are you guys going together? Are you are you are you fasting? Are you praying? Are you asking the Lord to give you strategies for that warfare? Because that for me, there are different types of warfare. The same way that for me, right, everything that happens in the natural realm is a representation of the spiritual realm. So there are small warfare, more battles that you fight, but there are also big ones that you need a, a team and you need an army and you, and you need to be trained and you need to be equipped for those things. You need disciplined yeah. people. You need people that live in holiness, uh-huh. okay? We don't need lukewarm people, so that's what I mean. But eventually, when you are in your house and you are fighting something for your husband, for your wife, for your children, like those things are eventually become individual because you are praying, you are interceding, you are battling for right. those things but eventually this all of this comes to the point of being submitted and being under authority
1: Mm -hmm. yeah and i would imagine too i mean like it doesn't help i mean anytime i'm interceding and there's something that's a burden uh there's no harm in reaching out it's actually probably wise to reach out to someone and say hey would you agree with me in prayer in this thing we could use prayer this is what we're dealing with um i'm very very pro that i do that almost daily um but um do you feel like people get maybe over eager in, in the spirit and like, I'm going to take on this principality by myself? Because I know some people who have done that and there was major backlash as a result of them going off by themselves to do that thing. So,
2: And you know, yes. And you know, one of the things that I realize is that because these people have some for those counterattacks, now we are saying to people, don't fight against principalities. I have my own, my own, um, my own thoughts and revelations in that area. Yeah, sure. but I feel yeah. like we need to be careful into just putting fear into people, right. because it is, it is, it is dangerous. Just you suffer counterattacks. You're going against principalities, right? Yeah. Have you been anointed for that? Is it the right? season for you to do it the right time do you have a strategies that you're living in holiness do you have communion with the Holy Spirit mm-hmm. do you have closed portals in your life so there mm-hmm. is a bunch of things that y- you know that I that I always say to people but especially for cities that's huge that's big and we need to make sure that those that are called to that are being trained and are being equipped to do it. It's like you know here on earth before let's say Ukraine and Russia imagine how much they have to train Even without knowing Ukraine, knowing that they are going to go to war, they train, they prepare. They had a healthy diet. They were training daily. They were actually, you know, being prepared for for war. Now and now we have these Christians that they pretend to go to war without even having training. Even like the food. Let me tell you something. Even food affects in the spirit. If you are having a healthy diet, okay, you you are eating all rubbish and fast food and all of that stuff. That affects. In the spiritual. Wow. I know someone I love that. He was an an evangelist. Yeah. He was called uh, I think it was Gigi Avila. He was someone from Latin America, an amazing man of God. He used he was a crazy evangelist, taking territories, nations, and his diet was super strict. Only veggies, protein, because he knew that in the spiritual realm that affects, and this is what I see in people. Okay, you are taking care more of your spirit. But then what's happening with your physical body? You are overweight. I'm, I, I'm not saying anything, but I'm just, I'm, just, mm-hmm. I'm just saying you're not taking care of your health. You're overweight. You are eating fast food, drinks, all of these things that are not good for your physical body. So let's make sure that we are taking care of our spirit, but also our temple, because that affects the spiritual realm, too.
1: Wow, man, Julie, that's a big so, one. That, that, that's <laughs> a big one. That's really good. I'm so glad you said that. Uh, cause I've never heard anybody, I mean, obviously like, you know, that's something that's very important to me is fitness and, and eating right and all of that. But, um, I'd never really thought of it quite like that of, of even just the correlation spiritually. Um, but I mean, if you think about it, even just, I'm sure there's a lot of depth to that, but even just on the surface, thinking about it, like if your body's tired and fatigued and you feel sluggish and all of that, you're. You're not as prone to like go in and engage with things as much, you know. And the same applies to the spirit, you know. So
2: imagine, uh, imagine when you have a lot of food before going to bed, you have a lot of pizza. A lot of people have nightmares that's affecting spiritually already. (laughs) So, all of these things for me are like, you know, learning. I'm learning even more, like, I'm learning now more about the self control part of it. that's, That's also crucial. For warfare, it's just this self-control and your emotions and your anger and all of that stuff that is key for warfare. And if you want to conquer, you need to conquer yourself, conquer what you are eating, conquer your emotions, conquer all of that stuff to be able to live in the fullness of what the Lord has called you to be. So you can actually represent Jesus in the perfect way, in the best way that you can Mm -hmm. here on earth.
1: Yeah, so good. All right, so let's talk about uh, how... like actually engaging in warfare um, what is the appropriate i mean obviously you gave those great principles um, which i think are going to be invaluable to people so i'd encourage people to go back and write those down if you can if you haven't and keep them somewhere accessible Um, but how does somebody Um, engage in spiritual warfare without receiving counterattacks are there some obviously you said well you need to make sure that you know that you're actually like called to engage in whatever this thing is but are there some general practices people can do to prevent counterattacks and if you do feel a counterattack is there an appropriate stance to take of just continuing to hammer into that thing as the enemy tries to attack you i'm just curious what you have to say
2: so so what are what is kind of like for engaging into warfare right okay what do we need to do to actually do it the proper way i think i've been saying it this whole time intimacy with the holy spirit mm-hmm. one mm-hmm. of them that i see a lot is actually i mentioned this and is to have closed portals in your life okay. what do i mean for cl- for closing portals i understand that you know we are still weak and some of us seem to but I don't mean by being perfect because all of us are far from perfection. Yeah. I mean, Jesus is perfect. Yeah. We, are, we are being made perfect in him. And I don't mean that we have to live perfect life and we have to be all, all, all perfect. I don't mean that. I mean that you have a life of holiness, right? That even if you sin before you go to bed, you go to the cross, Okay, Mm -hmm. that you have that mentality of like, okay, I did something wrong today. I I screw. I argue. I I Mm -hmm. gossip. I'm talking about those type of things that you recognize them and you close the door straight away. Why? Because if you are living, I see people living in fornication. I I had someone that she was actually living in in fornication and she wanted to open a ministry. And I was encouraging her like, you know, you have to set up these things, you know, you have to have some, some boundaries and have a structure, some foundations, because you cannot base a ministry based on the foundation of sexual immorality, because mm-hmm. this is what you are going to be releasing over people. So for me, one of the most important things is to be able to understand that you need to learn how to close borders every single day, asking the Holy Spirit, okay, Lord, am I doing something wrong? This is what I don't want. And when I became Christian, when I learned about deliverance, I learned that I don't want to be a comfortable Christian. That's why um, I have learned and I'm still learning to be teachable. My spiritual father sees me and he's like this, this, and he can tell me stuff. And I get like, but I know that's for my growth, right? So one of the things is that I don't want to be a comfortable Christian. I don't want to think that, okay, I accepted Jesus, that's it. Everything is done. I don't have to do absolutely anything. I'm going to go to heaven, that's it. It's done. No, because even as we become Christian, there are behaviors, there are things, there are generational courses, iniquities from our ancestors, things that we have to break. So I come now into being humble and into this position of like, Holy Spirit, show me. If there's something in my life, even if my husband, my unconverted husband, my wife, if my children are doing something. Even the Bible says that Job, every morning at five in the morning, he will give sacrifices to God because he didn't know what his children were, what they were doing. So this is telling me also that each one of us, we don't know what our spouses, our children are doing, but we can come in repentance, even for them, to make sure that we are continuously sanctifying our house and we have those closed portals. That for me, that mentality is daily. The other thing for me important is that we need to know the enemy. Who is our enemy? Who are we fighting against? To be able to engage into warfare, you need to know who is your enemy. Like if we come back again to the example of Russia and Ukraine, I can imagine that before Russia went into the war with Ukraine, they were literally studying and learning about their enemy for like mm-hmm. maybe months or maybe years. Yeah. They were probably learning their weakest point. They were probably learning you know, the entry points, uh, who is this leading the head. They were probably learning all of those things. We need to know who we are fighting against. I see a lot of Christians in the spirit, you know, doing what? Doing this with their eyes closed. Just punching the air and just hoping to punch something. That's how I see in the spirit. I don't want to do that. I don't just want. Why? Because if you are punching and you don't know what you what what, what you are looking at, first of all, you're just releasing punches and you are not punching anything. Second, you are getting tired. So actually, Mm -hmm. when is the time for you to actually fight? You don't. You don't. You don't have strength. Yeah. So actually, knowing who is your enemy coming out, if you are sensing something in the spiritual realm. Ask the Holy Spirit, Holy Spirit, what is happening around? Give me the strategy. Give me, give me, like, like show me something, and the Holy Spirit is going to show you. And then you can pray actually with wisdom and specific for that for that thing. Another thing that I see actually for engaging, you know, what do we need to do is that we need to position ourselves to face the enemy. Yeah. And you know, if you say positioning is actually is a, is a crucial element of any warfare. You know, if you see the army, they're always positioned, ready for the battle. If we are not in position when the enemy comes, what is going to happen is that he is going to overtake us. Okay? Mm -hmm. So we need to make sure that we are facing the enemy, but also that we we must be in full obedience to all that the Lord has telling us to do. That we are walking on the path that he is telling us to to, um, go. The other one, simple, and and we need to do this to engage in a spiritual warfare, is praying, worshiping, and praising the Lord. Mm -hmm. This is one of our weapons, actually, to fight in the spirit. Why? Because Mm -hmm. when we fight in the spirit, we take the battle to the natural and we do this how by praying by worshiping by praising by prophetic declarations and there is no stronger weapon actually of warfare than praise and worship and i see in the bible we see in the bible a lot of (laughs) but i can tell you a lot of strategies for warfare but one of them for me is actually praise and worship and and why? Because the enemy actually, he hates our worship to God for many reasons. And one of them is because he's jealous of our worship. Okay. He longs to obtain it for himself and I, I, that cannot happen anymore. No. So one of the warfare is actually praise and worship to God and making sure that we have that 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 relationship with the Holy Spirit, but that praise and worship even in the middle of the storm that we learn to even worship in the middle of the storm.
0: Help Elijah Fire continue to make an impact around the world. All donations go toward making Elijah Fire and the Elijah Fire podcast possible. Visit ElijahFire.com slash give and become a partner today. And then you were were, um, mentioning something about
2: uh, spiritual attacks, right? How to um, recognize, how to discern those type of uh, spiritual attacks. And I think it's really important that actually people understand what are a spiritual attacks? A spiritual attacks is not, as you were mentioning before, it's not just a headache. It's right. Not that. <laughs> yeah.
1: Yeah. Yeah. So to I- that, I was I was saying backstage yeah. that sometimes people are like, oh, I've got a headache. Oh, witchcraft. I'm like, how much water have you had today, man? Uh, they had like no water or like, oh, I'm feeling, I'm feeling the swirlies. I'm feeling dizzy. Oh, it's, it's an, it's a spiritual attack. I'm like, again, you have had zero food today, you know? And so I think that not that those things can't happen. I've heard from people who are like, oh yeah, this, you know, this can mean, you know, this, this could mean that, but not everything is a spiritual attack is, is what you're saying.
2: Yeah, exactly. So I want people to understand like, what is a, a spiritual attack? So I see it's like an assault on a person's spirit And it's aimed at making the person weak or actually removing the person from the relationship with God. And it can come in different forms. It can come in negative thoughts, temptations, doubts, fears, physical illnesses. And all of this attack is actually is not a coincidence. Is uh, or a result of not natural causes, but it's an uh, effort by uh, spiritual forces by this darkness to actually uh, stop your uh, spiritual growth and your walk with God. And I see also, like, especially people that have like a strong callings, I see that the enemy is always really targeting to uh, stop them uh, from actually realizing and from knowing who they are in Christ. So those people actually are those that experience a lot of spiritual attack. So some of the signs that I have seen is like emotionally, it's like suddenly, all of these things mostly happen like suddenly, like shift in our emotions. You may feel like suddenly we fear anxiety, depression, and you don't even know why. Another sign is like the change on our circumstances, like, losing something or the loss of a job or relationship, financial crisis. Suddenly the other one that that I see is attacks on our faith, that we start to doubt actually God's goodness, that we Mm. start to doubt his love and his ability to protect us. All of those things are actually kind of like attacks of the enemy. Um, Even in dreams, even in visions, like, you know, I know, When the enemy is kind of like trying to come, because in the house, in the house, we start to have nightmares. We start, my children are quite sensitive and they come and they tell me straight away, mommy, I had this dream. I had this nightmare. I know the enemy is up to something. Mm. That's why, especially we have to be really prophetic. We have to be connected with the Holy Spirit. Why? Because the Holy Spirit is going to show us even in dreams, even in visions, of the attacks of the enemy. You cannot imagine how many times the Lord has warned me through my children of attacks that the enemy were trying to do. Oh, wow. Of things, of things in Mm. in my marriage, of accidents, of things that were going to happen. And the Lord showing beforehand the enemy is up to something because before it manifests in our natural life, it happens in the spirit. Mm. Before it happens here, there has to happen first in the spirit. So if you are like have that intimacy with the Holy Spirit, and the Holy Spirit show you in the spirit this is happening in the spirit, then you have the authority and, and the power to stop that from manifesting in the natural realm. So that's that's that that's why for me intimacy with the Holy Spirit is one of the most um, important things.
1: Mm. Yeah, I think that's huge. Um, I was gonna say something about I'm trying to remember something that you were saying. Um, yeah. I just think this is really, really, really good uh, because, um, Oh, I remember what I was going to say. Um, so given your, you know, your kids may be having bad dreams or something like that. What I would assume from that is, cause obviously there's people that like, you know, they, they go over the borders of their home and they just lock everything down, but then your kid may still have a nightmare. Cause the enemy is a punk and he'll come in and try and mess with your kids or whatever your kids having a nightmare, even though you Julie did everything right in your mind, doesn't mean you did something wrong. Correct. Mm -hmm. Like sometimes the enemy comes in and he will attack your kids uh, through a nightmare or, or, uh, you, you know, maybe even you, um, maybe you're being attacked by, Someone across the street who doesn't like Mm -hmm. you, and maybe they dabble in witchcraft or something like that. That it doesn't necessarily mean that you're doing something wrong, correct? Like, if
2: because a lot of people actually like they they kind of like when these things happen, I see a lot of people actually thinking I did something wrong, they enter into feeling guilty. They enter into condemnation. And I know that because I have been there too. I'm like, Lord, sure. I'm praying. I'm, worshiping. I'm doing this, but uh-huh. what is going on? What, what is happening? And that's another strategy of the enemy that he uses actually to push us out, and um, making us doubt of what the Lord is doing. But for, for these spiritual attacks are also repetitive. You see them repetitive. And then you do something right and things are going right. And then it happens again there is an open portal somewhere so what i say to people is that just zoom out and ask the holy spirit what is happening maybe you have an object that you bring to your house and you didn't realize or your children maybe your children without you knowing or your husband or your wife are watching something that you shouldn't maybe you are not praying that much you're not worshiping that much so for me all of those things are Important and and affect the atmosphere in my house. This is something that I protect so much here in my house. I I I like to protect my house, the atmosphere of my house. Who comes to my house, uh, worship, praying? Why? Because we're living here. I actually like to treat my house as holy ground. I tell the people when they come, I'm sorry, you have to remove the shoes Uh and leave them there. The same way that Moses did when he entered into holy ground, Uh he removed his shoes and he's like, this is holy ground. I do the same in my house. I don't, I don't allow anyone to enter with their shoes. You can walk with your, you can go around with, with socks, barefoot, but my house is holy ground. We are going to treat it like holy ground. I worship, I anoint my house whenever the Holy Spirit is telling me there is an attack, there is something. I anoint my house, I anoint my children, the pillows, the clothes, whenever the Holy Spirit is telling me to do it. Worship in my house is constantly constantly even if it's instrumental worship music in the background i'm always having some something there so we need to learn also to take care of where we live take care of our houses especially Mm -hmm. if we have children because our children are so sensitive to the spiritual realm it's it's crazy Mm
0: -hmm. so we
2: want to make sure that we are like teaching them the spiritual realm but also i see a lot of children all they see is darkness all they see is just dark stuff why because the atmosphere that they are in.
1: So, yeah. yeah. So, what what about um, say there's an attack against you? Um, say you closed every portal. You you felt like the Lord highlighted you to to close. You know, you repented all of those things. And say there's someone who, because I know there's a lot of people that deal with this. Say you get just hit with massive anxiety. Okay. And you pray and you feel like maybe it gets better for a second. And then it comes back. Is the solution to pray, continue to pray, continue to press into that fast. If you have to, uh, worship, praise, worship, all that stuff, reach out to people, ask them to pray with you, agree with you in prayer. Is it a mixture of all those things? Or is there sometimes maybe something else involved as well?
2: So. For me, anxiety, so if you didn't know, I I started like three to four, I think it was like four years psychology. So I was really interested in the mind and all of these mental health issues, anxiety, depression. And what I have found, especially um, counseling people and helping people, is Mm -hmm. that anxiety can be the cause of a lot of things. One of them is spiritually, eventually, because of trauma. So when someone is dealing with some sort of like anxiety, I like to, to see from all of the angles, spiritually, physically, mentally, naturally, what is happening around. So you can actually give the person all of the tools for them to close up. Okay. Spiritually making sure that okay what is happening around is was there any trauma that happened when they were young and that's manifesting now and every time that there is a trigger that happens and the person gets anxiety over the circumstance so we target those areas making sure that spiritually that you have repentance renounce close that portal one of the things that i say to people you can pray pray ask whatever you want but one of the things for me that's important against anxiety is the renewing of your mind mm. Because even if you cast out the demon, there's a strongholds in your mind. Yeah. So how do you break those strongholds? By the renewing of your mind. Google. Go to Google. Bible verses about against anxiety, and it start like you know renewing your mind to break the old structure because some people grow up with an anxiety and it's part of their mind mm-hmm. strongholds are those structures that are created by repetitive thoughts yeah. so we have yeah. to break those thoughts by the renewing of so the mind good. another thing that i that i that i see so that's spiritually you renew your mind you renounce you repent all of that stuff but now actually if you are having now if we go to physically what do we do There's also things that you can do to stop that anxiety coming your way, apart from the spiritual stuff, praying, fasting. What can you do? So there are steps that sometimes we tell people to do. Like You acknowledge what what is triggering that thought, that anxiety, so next time you can stop that straight away, Mm -hmm. and there are things that you can do. For for example, in my case, I grew up with so much anxiety because of my traumas, everything that I went Mm -hmm. through. There was Mm -hmm. one point where everything triggers me. And one of the things that used to help me was actually nature, walking around nature, breathing, and that helped me. So people actually need to realize what are the things that, apart from praying, that for me is the most important thing. We are talking about natural now, things that we can do now. Mm -hmm. Find the thing that calms you. Some people is having a shower, listening to rain sounds walking around nature so find the thing that calms you to stop those things from happening straight away in my case i like to walk in nature and pray so it can be like a combination so you Mm -hmm. actually are targeting that from different points and once you made that part of your lifestyle you are going to realize that it just becomes natural when it comes you are going to stop that straight away because you are creating the lifestyle of targeting that from different points spiritually physically like mentally and you're just have this 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 combo against anxiety even depression even like all of these bad thoughts because some people think like it's all spiritual, it's all demons i agree but we actually have to zoom out and just coming to the perspective or or like knowing that sometimes it's actually you allowing those thoughts Mm -hmm. renew your mind yeah stop repenting and having this paper casting out all of the demons actually come now and renew your mind
1: yeah and like diet and exercise also you know going back to that that, that's another big way to combat combat anxiety depression all that stuff too Uh, that's huge so uh lalison forgive me if i'm pronouncing your name wrong um You've, uh, Julie. You've actually talked about this a little bit, just in regards to your husband coming to the Lord. But she said, "What would Julie suggest for those who live with unbelieving family?" Unfortunately, I can't control what others choose to watch. You have a great kind of thing. You know your story of with your husband. Go ahead and explain that one more time.
2: So I know we cannot control what they watch, what they are. You know, and I see a lot of people actually enter into control. Why? Because we get, and and I'm talking about from experience.
1: Yeah. Because we get so
2: frustrated (laughs) of what they might be watching that we enter into, you're not watching anything. We turn the thing off. Yeah, I'm taking all the power
1: cords. Yeah.
2: (laughs) We start throwing all the things away, everything. No, That's not the position. So what the Lord told me with my husband, you know, when I married him, he was an unbeliever and believing in God, into science. He likes to see things, to be able to believe, all of these things. And at the beginning, I struggle a lot. To the point that I was contemplating divorcing because I'm like, God, he's not believing I'm living. So that was my mentality and God rebuked me. And he was like, no, you are going to learn how to live with that and how to occupy your house. And that's literally what I did. So one of the things that I learned is that what I carry is a stronger that whoever is in your house, what they are watching, as I said before, even if there's a witch you are living with, what you carry is a stronger. What you carry, you carry Jesus. You're telling me that darkness is more stronger than Jesus inside inside of you? Knowing that, knowing your identity, knowing your authority in Christ, knowing what you carry is going to help you to change the atmosphere in your house. And eventually I went through a season where I have to repent a lot. I have to close doors, cancel, even do deliverance because the Lord gave me this revelation that me and my husband, we are one flesh. So it doesn't mean it means that one flesh for the bad things. You know, when you have sex with someone, you become one flesh. All of the bad things filter; they pass to you, the demons, everything, but also the good things. So I'm like, okay, God, I'm living in holiness. You are giving me dreams, visions. I change my way of prayer. I started to pray like, Father, in the name of Jesus, because we are one flesh and releasing those dreams, those visions, what you are giving me, release that over his life, wow, even yeah. over my children. That's and cool. I started to pray that even over my children, Father, I release that over their lives, speak to them. They might not know, but Father, you know, and the, and I started to do that. I started to even like pray for the house, pray for the TV, pray for the, pray for their shoes. I started to pray for my husband's shoes. Even when I was living with my mother that she wasn't Christian, and I was the only one, the first one there, there was a lot of warfare. I was fasting. Uh, you can imagine the level of warfare that, oh. that I went through with that woman. <laughs> she can tell you. It Man. was crazy. And through prayer, through worshiping, through occupying that house, I was anointing her shoes, anointing her clothes. When she was going partying and coming home drunk, I was just anointing father. My mom is called for greatness. She's called father for nations. And I was just take authority. Your authority, the power that you have been given through Jesus Christ in your house, and start like if the Holy Spirit is showing you they're watching something, cancel that in the name of Jesus, rebuke that, pray that they are gonna their eyes are going to be open so they stop watching whatever they are wa- watching. This is why, for me, also, we need to stop actually praying like normal prayers, we need to start praying with discernment and with the strategies. There was, let me tell you this testimony, there was this woman, she came. She came super stressed, telling me, Oh, my son has left the house and he has gone with a witch. I don't know what to do. I'm desperate, blah blah. I don't know what Mm -hmm. to and and I'm like, okay, wait a minute. You know, you have the authority in Jesus Christ. Stop crying, stop moaning. Everything can (laughs) can be possible. Wait a minute. And then I told her like, okay, let's pray and let's ask the Lord to give us an strategy. We started to pray, Father, give us a strategy, blah, blah, blah. and the Lord showed us to do a prophetic act because prophetic acts are also part of spiritual warfare weapons, you know, against the enemy. And we got she, I told her, get anointing oil, get a picture of your son, get anointing oil and pray for that picture and declare that he's coming home, break every, every soul tie, whatever it is that he's having with this witch, She did that and she messaged me one week and a half later my son is back home. I'm like, why are we not winning the battles? Because we don't know how to fight. So we actually need to learn and ask the Holy Spirit for every situation that you are going through. Ask the Holy Spirit. Lord, what is the strategy that you are giving me? It could be waking up at 4 a.m. to pray for that. It could be you doing a prophetic act. It could be just praise and worship, Mm. like in the Bible. It could be just that. But just ask the Holy Spirit to give you the strategy for the situation that you are going to. And I'm going to tell you, you are going to see changes. Why? Because we need to stop actually praying normal prayers. We need to actually stop looking for Google answers and start looking for heavenly solutions. Mm. That's what we need to start doing. Man, I
1: am super convicted over that story you told me just now. <laughs> I'm super convicted. And that's good. You know, uh, man, that's, this is really good, Julie. Um, yeah. Um, okay. So uh, just in closing, I want to actually make sure, because you actually have a prophetic word um, that you uh, that is included in the notes as well. And I wanted to give you a chance to share that as well, if you have time.
2: So one of the things that the Lord has been actually calling us into into this, like is we are not blind, right? We see that what is happening around the enemy is trying to raise up. The enemy is trying to just come for our children, for nations. The earth is shaking. There is earthquakes. There are things happening around. Mm -hmm. And one of the things that the Lord was actually telling me is that the Lord is calling us to be ready for warfare. So in this season, the Lord is actually, it's kind of like a, a, like a rebuke. We need to stop complaining, crying, having that victim mentality and actually step into the authority Mm -hmm. that the Lord has given us in this next season to be ready for warfare, to cleanse our heart our houses, to purify ourselves, our, our houses, because we cannot occupy if our house is not in order. One of the things that we need to make sure is our house has to be in order. We are crying out for revival. Revival is here, but our house is not in order. If you want to receive, you need to be able that the container is able to receive what the Lord is trying to release. So this is why for each one of us, we need to make sure that whatever we are carrying, that's not from God. That's not from this season. We, that we are removing that to be able to receive what the Lord wants us to what he is releasing in this season for us, because he is actually calling us to occupy. He's calling us to occupy a starting from our houses, starting from our marriages, starting from from our uh, workplace, that there's going to be this remnant, these 300 that are going to raise up in this season, actually to take authority, to occupy those places. So that's part of the thing that the Lord has been actually telling me. Purification, sanctification, the house, the cleansing of the house, be ready for warfare. Those watchmen in the houses that can arise again in this season to take over and to occupy the place of, that, of the tower that the Lord is giving them to watch in this next season because of what the things that are coming, we actually need to be ready for warfare. And one of the things that the Lord the Lord actually gave me this prophecy in 2022, but I believe it wasn't just for 2022. I believe it's for the years that are coming ahead. And he said there is going to be warfare but you need to go up on the mountain and thank and worship me because as you do this, I am bringing victory. So I believe that one of the key and the strategy that the Lord is giving us is Second of Chronicles 2022. And it, it says in here, it talks in here about this, uh, this king and they were going to receive these counter-attacks and and it's, it's Second of Chronicles twenty, and this is the story. And the enemies of Judas, they were coming, not just one enemy, and they were coming to actually to destroy them, you know, to invade them, to remove the God's giving promises for their land and the king. What the king did is that he cried out to the Lord for a strategy. So you can read that. You, you see here, he was crying out to God for a strategy, for, for the warfare that they were facing. And this king told his people, believe in the Lord your God and you shall be established. Mm-hmm. Believe his prophets and you shall prosper. And we see in Second of Chronicles 20, all of the things that he was asking the Lord, the strategy, what they did in order to be ready for the warfare. And we see that they fasted. We see that they declared uh, the promises. They were reminding God of the promises of what the Lord gave them. They recognized that they have to keep their eyes on, on God to be able to overcome the enemy. They positioned themselves to face the enemy. They praise, mm-hmm. they worship, and, and all, they did all of these things. But you know something that really amazed me towards the end is that is that is that Second of Chronicles 20:17. It says, Stand still and see the salvation of the Lord. And he mm-hmm. actually says that as these people. You you know, it says, now when they began to sing and to praise, the Lord set ambushes against the people of Ammon, Moab, Ammon, Ser, who had come against Judah, and they were defeated. So actually, as we are focusing in this season, in praising, in worshiping, let me tell you something, the Lord is going to set ambushes against the enemy's camp, and you are going to have the victory. So you are not even going to even to do anything in this season apart from worshiping and apart from praising. So that's going to be one of the strategies that oh, the no. Lord is giving us for this next season is to of Chronicles 20 is to praise, to worship, to focus our eyes on Him, to ask the Lord for strategies and as we are doing this we are going to see how your enemies how your tormentors are going to be defeated in this next season and this is part of the strategy of what we are going to do to occupy, So we have to be ready in this mm-hmm. season for what the Lord wants to release because we think it's just revival. But I say this, revival is just the beginning. What is coming is an awakening. Yeah. The revival is like, a, is like the pandemic. It starts as an epidemic. And what happens is that everyone catches it. And now it, it spreads and it becomes a pandemic. Revival is the same. Revival starts with a few people catching it. And what happened is that because everyone has cut, it, it becomes a pandemic. It becomes an awakening pandemic. So this is what is coming in this next season. It's not just a revival, but it's an awakening for the nations. And we have to be ready for what is coming.
1: Mm. Man, Julie, I feel that. Yeah. Wow. All right, everybody. That was at one hour by the way, when she gave that prophecy, like the one hour mark. So if you want to revisit that, um, I recorded it. I I wrote it down just so I could share that with you guys. So that's at one hour. If you want to pass it around to people, I think that's, I just feel very, I was actually just talking to someone about this today about, you know, yeah, there's bad things coming, but there's a solution. Like God is actually presenting a solution to that, that stuff. And we don't have to sit here and just let things happen to us there's a lot we can do to engage in the spirit with that collectively as a body of Christ moving in one accord. So such a good, such a good word, Julie. Wow. Man.
2: Hmm. All
1: right. Well, I would, uh, Julie, I would love for you to pray for people just in closing. That'd be great.
2: Okay. Father, in the name of Jesus, father, we just give you thanks father for, the awakening father thank you for the revival father thank you because you are preparing us you are cleansing us you are preparing father our hands for the battle in this next season and father i just pray father for those right now that are going through circumstances that they are going father through the storm father right now i just declare father that you are gonna give them the eyes of the eagle father so they can see themselves the same way, Father, that you see them, Father, so they can learn to fly about the storm. And in the name of Jesus, Father, we just pray right now that you are raising, Father, your army, that you are, Father, calling them out of those caves, those fathers that have been in caves. Father, we just call them out in this season to take over their houses, Father, to occupy, Father, to they, they're they given authority in this season. Father, we just even declare to those dry bones right now, bonds right now, to raise up in the name of Jesus, the army of the Lord, the army, Father, that you are raising in this season. Father, the army, the same way that Jeremiah saw the army, we just declare, Father, that we will be able to see the army rising in this season, Father, that even if it's the 300, but Father, that even with the 300, we are going to conquer and we are going to have the victory in our nations, in the name of Jesus, Father. I just come against every spirit, Father, that is hindering, that is a stopping, Father, your people. Every spirit, Father, that is even sending chains around your people from stop them, Father, from walking, even their hands, Father, bind. Father, we just break those chains in the name of Jesus. And we just, Father, release them right now to victory. We release them, Father, right now to the given victory. And, Father, even thank you in this next season, Father, for angelic visitation. Father, thank you for those angels that you are going to give us the eye. To see, Father, the angels and the army that we have around us in this next season. So, thank you, Holy Spirit. We just give you thanks, Father. We just give you thanks, Father, because you are removing the scale of these people's eyes, those, Father, that are not able to see or to hear. We just pray that those scales in their eyes are going to be removed in the mighty name of Jesus, that their ears are going to be open now in the name of Jesus. So, Father, thank you for healing. Father, thank you for revival. Thank you for awakening. Father, thank you because you are raising your army in this season. And we give you, Lord, all the honor and all the worship and all the praise in Jesus' mighty name. Amen. Thank
1: Man, you. God. Amen. Julie, this was so good. Thank you so much. Like, wow. I know everybody in the comments is very, very blessed by this too. Um, How can people follow you? And I mean, you got a lot of exciting things on the horizon. How can people follow you?
2: So we are, I'm actually everywhere. I'm actually, you know, Chinese people are everywhere. I'm everywhere
1: too.
2: (laughs) (laughs) I love Chinese people, by the way, my husband is half Chinese. Uh Um, So I am on Instagram. You can find me as ju underscore 23. I am on YouTube too as Julie Lopez. We also have our Rick Latam ministry, Rick Latam is on on the website, Rick Latam website in Spanish and English. Uh, You can, even if you're not in Latin America, you can be part of this movement that I believe is not just for Colombia and it's not just for Latin America. I believe this is worldwide. We have people from Asia, from India, from Philippines, from all of that side of the world. So you can be part of that too and follow what we do. We do prayer every tuesday we do teachings every wednesday i do leadership training every wednesday too we do something that we call propheticals for our partners where we prophesy over our partners once per, once per month we minister to them individually and uh, and we have a lot a lot of things coming so you can follow us on rick latam social media on my social media too and you can keep keep an eye on the things that um, we are going to be doing
1: Mm. Amen. Julie, I know I shared this with you last time privately, but I mean like the whole time listening, I was just like, yeah, you're in South America right now and and really ministering there. But I just, I mean, you have a very, very weighty calling on your life and it's a big one. And I really do see you not just in South America, but internationally, like, and you may never even have to leave Latin America, but, um, you know, um, the purpose of things that God has put in you are not meant for just there. They're meant for the world. And so, um, man, I just, uh, I'm very, very, very excited uh, to see what God does through you, through your ministry. Um, and you just, there's so many valuable tools that you have based off of your experience. And it's just a testament to how God redeems. A lot of that information is based off of, a life of sin that you know you've been redeemed but god redeems that as well and it's he uses everything and so it's like man i i'm i'm really really excited to see see what what god does so exciting so exciting thank you yeah Um,
2: thank you for for bringing me in and for allowing me to 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 share this is an honor for me and mm. and, and and i get re- really happy every no. time that you guys message we love you are you kidding,
1: you. Are you kidding? like, you. So, I, was like I was like julie lopez yeah um, so yeah we'll definitely do it again i mean there's like all of this there's so much to unpack uh with like everything that we talked about so there's plenty more, plenty more to talk about. I saw like a million questions in the comments. So uh, very good. So everybody uh, have an amazing weekend. Tune in on uh, on Monday. We've got Rebecca Friedlander back. It's going to be a great teaching. She's got a lot that she, has, she wants to share and teach as well. So that's going to be great. That's at 2 p.m. Pacific time, 5 p.m. Eastern time. We love you guys. Have a great weekend and we'll see you on Monday. Okay, bye.